Being away to this uh, time together. Sexually. Takes time to settle. Partly because you, you should bear in mind you're, you're a threesome, each one of you is three. So you've got to make sure all three of you arrive and sit here. <laughs> so in Buddhist analysis, um, they sometimes call it five or ten or six, depending on which particular map you're using. But today we'll talk about the three. And the three is what's called speech, vachi, which actually means thinking, mental articulation, conceptualization, and chitta, which means heart, mind, that which experiences impressions and inclinations and responses. Impressions such as comfortable, uncomfortable, safe, irritated, moods, mood swings, emotional, volitional, imaginative, memory center, big one, and body, kaya sankara, kaya body, bodily formation. So, talk about the body. Physically, our bodies have arrived here energetically. Bodies take a while to arrive. Not compressed, restless, dull, uh, still carrying stress, tense, unrelaxed. It takes care and attention to, uh, you know, to the body to settle. This care and attention is something that we uh, give due respect for, attention to. Because without the settleness of body, heart will not settle into the body, mind will not settle into the body. Without this settling in, one is by default always going to be uh, relating to thoughts. And uh, those good thoughts and, un- and unhelpful thoughts, there is too much of it. And uh, even the helpful ones operate at a fairly high speed and a very short duration. So they create a certain uh, electronic buzz. Yeah. And that when you feel it in your heart, it feels uncomfortable. But by and large, uh, the way that we uh, avoid the discomfort is just go into the thinking itself and think about things that are interesting, pleasant, exciting, or probably also things that are depressing, irritating, infuriating, saddening. So we go into topics that continually drip their emotional resonances into the heart, stir it. And this dialogue between the heart and thought unless one is extremely uh, skillful and, and in a rather fortunate state, it's always going to be rather stressful. <coughs> Particularly as many of the thoughts you have are not really your own, they're just, they're just verbiage that permeate your presence through the media. <laughs> you know, if you had a choice, what do you think? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Just you're saturated in verbiage from morning till night. Yeah. There's no point in just getting, you know, trying to block it all because it's still entering into a, a negative dialogue between the heart and the thought. A conflicting dialogue, like shut up, stop it, go away. That's imparting a negative influence into the heart. So it still doesn't settle, it's in conflict. So we're trying to bring around this just attending into, into the body, 
Let's step back from the whole um, heart, brain, heart, thought, emotional thought, um, kind of lock, gridlock, tending to the body. <coughs> and by this, once again, you say um, this is contemplating internal experience of body. Primarily, it's going to be do with, with tension um, or, or absence of it, um, coherence or lack of it. That is, you only feel parts of your body. Another part is just back. What's that? Yeah. Uh, or some parts are hypercharged, shoulders, neck, maybe center of the chest, quite nothing much going on, no real presence there, tension doesn't go there. Yeah, so this very incoherent jumbled body, uh, you know, you kind of you know, come out of that because that's more coherent, as <coughs> unity. physical factors, but primarily because the body is a, a sense organ, and so just as a tactile sense relates to physical tactile experiences, the internal sense relates to psychological emotional experiences. So clearly our body adopts certain defense strategies, whereby the heart, chest is closed and shoulders are empowered uh, certain thrusting do it strategies whereby the neck muscles become very empowered and the head gets a lot of energy into it yeah. Yeah. so these are these are very obvious uh, patterns that part particular physiological effect and somatic effect on the body and some parts get extremely uh, activated and as they're activated, they're also um, signaling, so the body retains the signals. So, you know, if, it, if it's locked into a kind of defense or huddle, you know, protective uh, mode, then that's, that's the mood that's going to be percolating into the heart. The body retains the impressions. Even though defense is a reasonable enough strategy when when it's being attacked by something, you don't want to stay in long term. Whereas it may be important to rush somewhere, to get something, to run out of fire, you don't want to be left in that all day long. Because it, it locks the body into certain uh, somatic patterns, physiological patterns. So to go into it, just to come out of it. Discharge. And this is something that we um, need to cultivate because uh, I suggest that many people in the uh, modern life there isn't discharge. The deep uh, discharge is distraction. They just get away, you know, switch to some other thing, read something, say something. This is something, something. Um, it doesn't discharge, it just, just takes you off the topic of the body. Or you can get superficial relaxation, just you know, lie, lie in bed or something. But that isn't discharge. Discharge is much more uh, uh, careful than that. It's got to be actually accessing places where there's that compacted sense practice sense, nonsense, or anything that feels dissonant, they begin to connect it to the whole body. So, so the coherence, whole body. So by and large people operate only 
you know, we don't not aware of our entire body most of the time. We're aware of the local pieces, the hands, or the face when those come into operation. Other times, belly no, thighs no, unless you're running, centre of the chest probably never, um, because you don't use it. <laughs> so going to the whole body, because it's the whole body as a unity that can act to to um, take, you know, to, to discharge these uh, uh, broken up or constricted impressions. You can imagine the body energy being like a sheet, a sheet of energy. Yeah. And it's very sound strange, you don't look like a sheet. But that's, that's just a visual impression. You go into your felt impression of your body, what you experience, and pulses, tinglings, what shape is that? I think, what shape is that? You rub out the vision impression. You know, it may be twisted up, it may be broken up into bits and pieces. But uh, I'll tell you, you know, when it's uh, properly um, uh, released, it, it is actually something more like a sheet or even a sphere. It's a unified quality, and it's, it's a steady the surface of it is steady and, and, and smooth. Yeah. Now, so the, the image to bear in mind is just imagine you've got a sheet and it's all twisted up and crumpled up, contracted up. Yeah. Then you don't go into the and you cut the bits out, you don't cut the creases out, then you don't. Um, Twist it up some more to get the creases up. Once you, you go to the edges of it, and you gradually stretch it. Right? Like you stretch out the sheet, and then the creases come out. <laughs> you don't go to a crease with a pair of scissors and cut it out, or, or push it out. You can't, that will actually crease it more. You go to the whole thing and spread it, and the creases come out. You're not dealing with the creases seemingly. By going into them, you deal with the whole thing, let the whole thing, as it expands, and take the creases and the distortions out. So this this then means when it's like that, then it's the ability to release the stress of various kinds that has been caused those creases to occur. Tightness in the shoulder. You, know, you go to the whole body and you bear that particular piece in mind to expand your awareness to the sheet, image of a sheet, if you like. And, it's just, and then the heart comes in, just this quality of non, no pressure, using the heart not to generate push, but to generate expanding, widening, softening. This allows the energies to begin to melt and shift. It's not by any means a quick fire experience. Some of it may release quite quickly, some of it takes quite a long time to slowly melt and discharge. Now we're dealing with an organic natural process, not a machine. So just the way that you know, a plant takes up water, you know, just gradually sucks it up through the roots. Body's more like that. You don't just dunk a plant in water and say, that's it, you've had your five seconds enough. You let it sit there and just gradually takes up the moisture and the sunlight. So this is the kind of process. And even just entering that process is good because it helps to shift one's time sense. And although there may be particular specific topics that cause stress and agitation, such as assault or being insulted or abuse of some kind or another, uh, falling over, the long-term deep tissue stress is called time. So this is a medium in which one is immersed um, 
from an early age. So in verse, so we don't even recognize it as a human concoction. We think time is real. And yeah, it has a real effect. But numbers on clocks are that's a human construction, isn't it? We could say there's a process of change, you know, the light comes up, light goes down, things move and change, yeah, that's true. Time. Time. Just, you know, reflect on your memory. And uh, yesterday, last month, three years ago, are they stacked up in little folders somewhere? Or they just blur in at any particular moment. And so where is this kind of linear time which is now click, next moment, next moment, next moment, it's finished, finished, and I'll it. No, not really. The thing washes, doesn't it? In the mind. And the experience. And really the, the uh, intensity of time is an emotional intensity associated either with, this is poignant, meaningful, gladdening, disturbing. Yeah. That means it really lingers long. Yeah. Or, of course, more, more customarily, it's the pressure to get on to the next thing. So that's it's primarily, apart from you know, certain strong you know, emotional impressions, the main thing we're steeped in from an early age is the sense of get on to the next thing. Move forward in time. Don't hang around. Move forward in time. And that becomes very important because this is the way that you advance in the social sphere. Your ability to get things done effectively, promptly, quickly, quicker, better. So the way your system adjusts, learns and adjusts energies and its ways of perceiving things to, the, to this linear time experience, which is a human construction. Probably the last 200 years. In some places, not you know, not even maybe hundred years. He would have done this thing. And it's associated primarily with work. Business model. So this strongly delineated time thing is very much associated with uh, object efficiency, getting things done producing stuff, measuring things. And it's not to do with subjective reality, which is what you live in, what you are. You are subjective. <laughs> so you're matching or there's this mismatch of a subjective experience which is not time-bound. I remember what she said to me three years ago. Suddenly, I, you know, I remember that. I'm not bound into just this very moment. I'm not that all kinds of impressions washing them out. I anticipate the future and so forth. It's not click, that's over, next thing. But the objective world, particularly the working world, that is the training. Next thing, next thing. and quickly rapid transform. So one system gets organized to that particular modality. It's very useful objectively. You can all arrive on 30, you can all yeah, it's very useful objectively um, yeah. but uh, without really uh, challenging it or recognizing it fully, 
because it's extremely, you can operate on that level. And you probably do most of the time. When you come to Dhamma practice or meditation practice, one is still saddled with that model. And it's to the next thing to get, to get, to become, to achieve, to get on the next thing and the next thing. And then if there's nothing much to do, then one's planning, one's creating the next thing, planning the next thing, getting ready for the next thing. Yeah. To make sure that you're ready there on time before the next thing happens. So the mind is, starts to organize itself in that mode. Okay, well, you know, that's what it is. But you look at the, the experience of that, and in the body, the, it, it reduces your space. Now, again, one barely notices in the body because you go out of your body, you go into your head with plans and anticipations and the, you know, working it all out. So you don't really notice what's happening in the body because the mind leaves that territory and starts dialoguing with the conceptual world of Friday and Tuesday and seven minutes and how long and so forth. So you don't notice it. You come into your body you feel the absence of space. This is a strange phrase, because space itself is like an openness, right? It's an absence of pressure. <laughs> so, what's the absence of absence feel like? The absence of pressure feels like you feel like a pretty dense body. Uh, and and uh, intense, intense in it. You're ready to go. And so this reduction of space uh, is experienced in body sense as a contractedness. Uh, you might equate it with the skin boundary, but it's actually not quite. It probably mostly eyes, head in that state, and perhaps certain power muscles which are associated with action. Now this may be the case to some degree or another. I'm thinking unusually it wasn't the case. So you you know, you know, you start to comfortably see the resonance of the word time. There's not enough time. I've got to get things done on time. Um, um, I'm waiting too much time. Uh, killing time. Uh, mostly time is killing me. What is this thing? It's definitely an experience. An experience is happening in the heart and it's happening, it's transferring into your body. So once it gets there, it becomes real. Because your heart, your body are both in that trance. And the brain is quite capable of pumping out the signals and messages to keep that trance going. One's in that trance. When you're in, it's real. How's it feel? And uh, what happens when there's nothing to do? When it's quiet? You know, it starts generating things. How comfortable is it? Notice in that uh, title state, one becomes extremely reactive. Sounds prickly, agitated, disoriented. Need to do something, find out where I am. You know, it's a disorientation because you're not in your open body, your very limited body. And so, the, something is desperately seeking for orientation. Where am I? What am I? Who am I? What am I supposed to be? What am I supposed to do? What do people think of me? Am I okay? So it's like that. And so, you know, when we're in this, 
trance, then in order to find orientation, we will generally do something or say something to try to find out where we are. And it very much orients to the world of doing, being on this level, this sensory level of different people and things. And that's a place of stress. Because we seem to do, it takes longer, it breaks down. I'm doing the Hershey, you understand what I'm talking about, I can explain it again, and sometimes I've got in the way. And so on, it's always that, that level. So when it's orienting towards stress, and why does it make sense? Because there's no option. In the trance, there's no option. Yeah, so our encouragement is come out of the trance. Yeah, yeah. And in the trance, you don't know how to come out of the trance. So you say, well, look, just feel into your body. Forget all this stuff I've been talking about, if you like. Too complicated. Remember, there's three of you here. Let's check in. Number one, verbal mind, you know that one. Choose loud and clear. Heart, stirring, not so good. Body, well, I feel a bit of pain in my legs or uncomfortable back. No. So just say, when I get that third one, you know, which takes the pays the bill for the rest of it, and this really deeper one's lingering appreciation of embodiment. Cut time. Lingering. Receptive to it. Letting it unfold in its own time. And what you're going to find in beginning to sense your body, you have different levels of it. You have what we call the tactile, which is just the immediate contact impressions, which are probably not that, well, certainly not great, and probably quite time to time fairly uncomfortable. Your physical knees, shoulders, whatever. Okay, so these are these are then uh, these are areas that you, you acknowledge that you want to go to something deeper, which has more resources in it, because this area, the sensory level, is not is minimally responsive. It's mostly triggered by physical factors. You don't have too much say over. You can stretch. You can wriggle. You know, your body may be not giving you a hard time. Great. But it's going to give you a hard time sooner or later. <laughs> so this is an area you can't expect too much from. Right? But if you come in, there's another level, which is much to do with uh, like a somatic presence, where the body is just knowing itself. This is the area where the body begins to integrate how to move, for example. Understand how to find balance. I mean, certain parts, certain energies travel around the body without thinking about them and start to coordinate how I move, for example. How I move an arm, how I move my whole body as an entity. As that happen? It's not based, yeah, it's a negotiation of physical contact, but essentially it's the tissues and the muscles knowing each other. Okay. This one's going to start to flex, this one's going to relax, this one's going to open up, this one's going to power up to carry the body. Yeah. This kind of inner you know, conversation, which we can't hear without brains, without not verbal. <coughs> this is a level of proprioceptive intelligence where the body is relating to itself. And as it does so, yeah, uh, then certain, a much fuller web of bodily experience opens up. Whereas the sensory level is a web of experience, you know, pressure on the floor, uh, physical pain in my back or something, is patches. Yeah. Yeah, but it's rather coarse actually. 
continent. The intelligence whack map of the body was sensing itself as rather fine and subtle. Seems about right. Open. So this is the level we're going to get to because this is the this is the level where the heart feels very comfortable, it's comforted by that. Because here the body is unified, it's subtle, it's gentle, it's vibrant, it's alive, it's regenerative, it relaxes, it eases, and the heart is very comfortable in that. And this is the avenue towards what we call samadhi or concentration, rather unfortunate term in my estimation. Unification of body and mind. Okay, so let's track back through that because this may be just a dream at the moment. <laughs> and, uh, So how do you move from, say, the, the just the, what I call the coarser level, the body, the muscles, or physical power muscles, to the subtle level? Well, the two are connected. And the process is one of lengthening. So you can't relax until you stretch. Stretching opens everything up. Volume comes out of its compacted state, and then restfulness begins to follow after that. Now, this is something we do, we do physically stretch our bodies. And, yeah. now, stretching is better relaxation than just crumpling in a heap. You stretch, fully open up, fully breathe, widen your chest, and then. Fully stretched, then you gradually let go. Ah, now it's relaxed. Why is it relaxed? Because the entire body has been, you know, brought into awareness. By stretching, you've kind of, you know, exercised beyond just the immediate contact muscles to do with movement and so forth into the whole structural muscles. Right? When you stretch, it's not just the motor muscles, it's the structural tissues that also get some energy running through them. And the connecting of the power muscles to the structural tissues is the way in which the tension or contractness of the power muscles have got somewhere to discharge. They've got somewhere to to the energy to run down through them. They can't do it otherwise. You've got to connect it, otherwise it can't, there's no way to drain. And in areas of the body which on some levels seem insignificant because they're not associated with doing, become extremely important. Because these are the areas that can then facilitate the discharge of the power muscles. Yeah. They might say now, in this situation, you know, the intercostals, see my ribs becoming very important because when I sense these and I open these up, oh, then this quality in my shoulders has got somewhere to drain. And this connects to diaphragm and the belly and down through the legs and breathing. Yeah. And the centre of my chest, which seems to be nothing special, sits there, not doing anything. This this area, this focus here, this be something where the tension in my neck and throat finds an avenue. And it goes through there and down through the diaphragm and into the belly drains. So areas of the body that seem unimportant 
don't get any attention. They're like, you know, yin yang, you know? So the yang is all the power and the gooey. That's okay, but you need the yin, which is the openness of space, to compensate for that. So the two things are harmony. So, you know, your body will know it itself. You don't have to figure out how do I deal with my this, that, and the other. You go to, you know, the areas that are difficult and just trace the difficulty to where it begins to get less difficult and just keep an open quality of sensing where does this go? Where does this sensation proceed to? The energy, the pulses, the tingling, the jangling, where does it, there's the intensity of it, where is it less intense? Can you follow, track it into quieter areas of your body? Recognizing just like you ring the bell, you get the sound and follow the sound into the silence. Follow, don't just absorb into the physical sensation, but track it, you know, past the edge of that muscle area, or that bone area, and just keep listening in. Where does it think, where does it want to go? The body knows what it needs to do. It has intelligence. We just learn to listen in and learn it. It takes a little bit of learning. Mostly you don't really have to get it figured in your head. Most important is that the heart learns the process to encourage that. The lingering and this mantling on Unlocking from the verbal constructions. These are always, if you be in that area, you are prone to irritation. You're prone to high speed. You're prone to this should be that and that could be this. And this is stressful. And is it really necessary, you know? Sometimes, but not as a constant. And perhaps on retreats is a time to be just a little bit kind of frayed and sloppy <laughs> on, on that level. Kind of funny gaga. <laughs> <laughs> Just to kind of prioritize space all the time in the world. No next moment. And so where is that just not frustrating and humiliating and confusing? Well in your body that's not confusing. Your body that's good news. You know, in terms of thinking mind, that's very confusing, stupid, pointless. <coughs> in terms of your mind, that, that's very good for you. All the time to sense, you know, to my knee, down my calf, into the ankle. Look the ankle. Sold the foot. And in terms of the this energetic or somatic level, it's not anatomical. So it's not like you have to go from your hip to your knee to your car to your, to your uh, heel bone and so forth. You can travel back and base something because the energetic map is not quite the same as the anatomical one. So you can find as you begin to relax in your shoulder, the sole of your foot opens up. What's, what about the rest of it? What happened? Palms, the hands, and soles of the feet are pretty very close together in terms of the energy form. But clearly, anatomically, they're very different, they're very separate. 
energetically, they're very close together. So it's feeling, tingling the palms of your hand, and you're there, and your foot feet. That's the soul of the foot feet. You don't have to go through every inch of your flesh to get there. Well, like a, you know, like a telephone signal. You don't have to carry the message from New York to New Hampshire to da 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 da. Just, it's there, isn't it? It's there. Because of the connection. So this is really interesting. And just keep an open mind to it all. Main thing, of course, at the end of the day, is not when you become experts in the body, but we just can learn to release stress, acknowledge it when it's arising, acknowledge the patterns in our behaviour that generate it, uh, the personality that gets formed around it. Yeah, the model that's presented by it, <coughs> good or useful or the best. And just keep checking stress, stress. Yeah. And checking with all three of you. Yeah. Checking, checking with your body, because that's the one that doesn't lie. Yeah. Your head can say, oh no, just this is needed, you know. It's important what you do when your body's in stress. <laughs> it's simple, you know. It's not blaming you or criticizing you, saying, this, this, this is stress. If you want to do it, that's okay, but for now, but remember, it's got to pay off. You've got to, really, got to pay the bill. You've got to spend time discharging. Otherwise, you'll be getting damaged. <laughs> So much of our uh, entry into practice, I'd suggest, is this sense of integration between these three structures, three fields, I call them. The verbal field, because it's a whole scattering of many little verbal creatures running around. We call that the field, or it's an area. The heart field, which is to do with Emotions, perceptions, impressions, memories, urges, drives, moods, <coughs> so forth, and conscious directions, random agitation, this heart mind, that field is a whole cluster of possibilities in there, and the body field, with its tinglings and vibrations and stressing and discharge. So this integrating, we begin to acknowledge these, three of them, yeah. and they, if they meet, if they can meet, then they will they work it out. They can meet. If they can meet. Now, how are they going to meet? If you create space for them to meet in. It's like you've got, some of them call like three neighbours who've never really got on each other that well. Yeah. Heart doesn't like the body very much. It's you know, a bit too big or clunky or old or decrepit. I don't think like it very much. It's <laughs> <laughs> not kind of glamorous. <laughs> vibrant thing that I want you to do. You always let me know. Thinking doesn't like the heart very much, it's stupid moods and emotions, get functional, get real, you know. <laughs> so they're not in great terms. Where are these three characters going to be? You're going to create a kind of non-aligned space, like a whole big hall. And this hall we call awareness. Disengaged awareness. This is the, the, the mode of meditation. It's called disengaged attention, which doesn't mean spacing out, because it's got no specific um, alignment. 
It's not taking sides with any of these characters. So I want to be the space in which you people can meet. But I'm not going to get messing up or, or fascinated by any of you. So now this is the mode, the Vedic detachment, simple word, you step back. This is very much the mode of the Buddha and the Arahants, pretty much associated with uh, wilderness training. Thereby you've got to just don't get lost in the trees, don't get fascinated by the birds, uh, watch out for the weather, Keep, don't get fascinated by anything, just get the whole picture because this is important and then you'll see the details of what you need to deal with but if you get fascinated by the, by the birds you're going to tread on the snake <laughs> if you get fascinated by the trees you're going to walk over the edge of something into a swamp or you miss out the rains coming you know? so just stay aware of all of it and don't get into any of it and in that you'll notice the path will arise path of the jungle will arise. It doesn't arise through searching for it, it arrives when it arrives. You step back and you wait. Feels like open there. This is the mode. Disengaged attention. Awareness. So similarly as we cultivate this is unhooking in time from drive, from all kinds of things we feel hooked to, unhook, open, linger, sniff the air, what's happening, listen. Hmm. Funny sense in my heart. There it is. Okay. Check. Pull step back. Is that true? What are you feeling in my belly? Mm-hmm. And I, you know, best if you can linger long enough to get to the to the bodily reference because that um, that sits at the base of all of it. So you might step back. There's this kind of thing that my my brain is going. God, I think another we have to do the stupid thing. I don't need to chant, might have been a Sunday school here. Okay, that's fair enough. That's the immediate uh, reactivity. So we just right, step back and then what's happening? A little bit further, feeling disoriented. Don't understand what's going on. Why do we have to do why should I do I didn't sign up for this? What are you going on? Okay, disorientation. Step back from that, what's happening in body? Feel sort of like bubbly, fizzy feeling in my head, my chest, and it just, it just widen down into your belly and the floor and your back and the backs of your hands and linger. There's your orientation. That's it. There you got it. Rest of it doesn't matter. Now you've got it. And you find the path to eliminate stress, to pull the plug on stress. So we do some walking and uh, you know, walking is walking. So it's not, you know, walking to anything either physically or even psychologically. It's not walking to concentration, it's not walking to get more mind, it's not walking to realize anything, it's just walking to walk. So, and essentially just to recognize any of these messages that are coming up, you know, 
and this, I'm not that, I should be this, I want to be that, how can I get to this, is it supposed to be that? This is, this is stress. Whole body walking. Whole body walking. Yeah. Not just your feet, whole body walking. Not just sitting on top of your feet and you walk forward, your whole body walking. This means your shoulders are walking, your neck is walking, your belly is walking, your fingers are walking. They may not be wriggling around, but they're there because it's in the parts that don't seem to be doing it are the parts that help to discharge the stress. And the wholeness gives you a quality of cohesiveness and flow. And in that, we start to feel more comfortable. If you're more comfortable, the heart begins to gradually feel more reassured. Perhaps the brain starts coming up with great ideas about meditation or planning something because well, I don't know, I'm just feeling more comfortable here. This is how we walk. Well, we encourage you to walk. Probably what's going to happen, you know, you stand up with relief, breath of fresh air, a few strides and then <laughs> <laughs> What do you say? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> focus, 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 keep the focus. You know, no. Whole body, chest, skin, jaw, eyes. So when you walk in, your eyes don't are there just to be very light. So. You know, walking in some parts through the action, some parts through the receiving. And receiving is equally important, maybe more important than the doing. So the parts, you don't want to have bits doing stuff when they should just be listening. (laughs) So your eyes need to stop doing things so they can be part of the field of attention. It's not visual attention, it's energetic attention. Yeah. It's not visual attention, because there's nothing to see. Just make sure you don't walk into the wall. Yeah. It's energetic attention, which means things are just alive, sensitive. And the pits not doing things are maintaining the overall quality of energetic attunement. The job is just to listen up. Through the body, the eyes are not used as visually, they use as, as part of the field of sensitivity. The skin. muscles in the jaw. They don't need to be doing much, but if they're open, then that means they're contributing to the overall quality of open receptivity. The neck, as your head says, not leaning forward, neck muscles will then be allowed to just discharge, and they support the overall quality of an open, energy which is able to discharge. And, yeah. So as you're walking, physically, it's probably not that stressful, as you recognize, but you can find it psychologically very stressful, because your brain is going, what the hell am I doing? And she said this yesterday, I've got to make sure that by the end of the retreat. That's the start. 
you want to step back from the message, the topics, the energy of that, feel it in the body, from the whole body to So I'm just going to show you model walking, and you can, of course, do your 30 paces, 25 paces. But please, this is not like a machine or a kind of, um, you know, once you get into these structures, be careful of that mechanization of experience. I don't think when you're out in the forests. The board had a nice level meditation path, you know. So <laughs> <laughs> to, to slide up and down, walk in the roots of trees and stuff. So, you know, it doesn't have to be that, you know, nice and level and flat. Yeah, so coming up and standing, feel the soles of the feet. Itself is a you know, quite a joy. I'm wearing shoes all the time. So you're wearing shoes all the time, you know, it's Souls of the feet start to rejoice, hey, they let me out. Stop toppling over, you can probably tilt your shoulder back. Yeah, if you do it so you can see that. And you can swing. Swing your leg forward, so this has got to be really light. This is a strong light. You don't have anything in that leg. So it's going to come down, gradually it comes down, gets on the floor. Shift the weight, the body will shift the weight from one leg to the other. Now, when, when this structure is operating like this, then clearly this is a perilous thing to do when you consider just how much meat is hanging over that one foot. Or how many it goes over. Right? Wump. So, yeah. yeah, it's dangerous. And you notice how long it takes to get to do it when you're a little tot, you know, and you fall over a lot. When you're this big, you don't want to be falling over. <laughs> so, you know, essentially there's a sense of balance has to occur. And that's going to occur through, like a flexion in the waist, to allow the upper body to balance the lower body. Now, don't fall over. So that balancing sense, coming down, we can find that as you get into the flow of it, it is rather like swimming. You know, that kind of fluid movement. And uh, it itself, the fluidity, the gracefulness, and the fluidity of the body, in this sense, itself has a certain happiness to it. You know? Because we're not. You know, this itself is already soothing and you're regaining your body. You're regaining your body rather than the world's body. 
So the sense of what can't do that, you really said, this is so. This is this, so. <laughs> I don't have to, you know. And, and the body regains that quality. There's a certain happiness and uprightness in that. So we might say, you know, we might do it out 20 steps or 30 steps or you can just saunter, you know, uh, making sure you don't get visual stuff, just enough to see what you're doing, where, just checking out what's happening in my back, moving. And feeling your way in. Yeah. The primary thing here is to get the coherence of the whole body, sensing into what somatic or energetic experience of it, and keep dipping the thought into that, what's happening, feeling with your heart, bringing the three together in a way that feels it's got enough space for you, not creating criteria, make it too tight. So, now is the opportunity, friends, and uh, rush out and do it. So we'll take it uh, in 40 minutes or so, and so we'll sort of ring a bell at a suitable time, about 30, 40 minutes. And if we come back, we'll uh, do some more sitting together.